Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the final installment of episode six, and I am particularly excited about this installment because we finally get to your survey responses. I know. Now, for those of you not in the know, I sent out a series of survey questions to a handful of you between, I want to say it was middle January to middle of February, and I had asked a series of, I think I put out there like seven, eight questions. I want to say it was seven, seven questions on how you viewed the world of dating. And they, they covered a couple of different things and we'll go into that today, but I wanted to maintain a certain level of surprise when it came to y'all's responses. Now, what I mean by that is, is that with the exception of maybe I think two of you, one or two of you out of the many responses that I got from both men and women, I had to interview on the I had to interview you on the phone, so I kind of already have an idea of what your answers are. Don't worry, I'm not going to say your name. I promise you I wouldn't. But for the most part, I wanted to make sure that the observations that I was making about the dating world were in line with what y'all were also seeing. Now, here's what I mean by this. I wanted to make a series of discussions or have a series of discussions on some of the biggest headaches that I believe to be some of the more predominant ones found in the realm of dating, as well as some of the ones that I believed were probably the most significant with respects to causing a little bit of, I would say demoralizing both men and women in the dating world, although certainly not with that connotation. Anyway, What I ultimately mean by that is, is that I wanted to take the biggest observations that I had had about the dating world over the last 10, 15, 20 years and really look at that, compare it to articles of the day, and then see if you guys were noticing the same thing. Now, I could be off on these. I could be on the money on these. And today we'll find out. So. That being said, I want to issue a big thank you to everyone who participated in the survey. As I said before, I will not be name dropping (laughs) with any of your responses, so don't feel like you're going to be put on the spot. And one last thing, a little bit of house cleaning. After the publication of episode seven, the early insight will be concluding season one and taking a little bit of a hiatus in order to get material going for season two. I'm currently in discussion right now with a couple of other content creators to bring you all new material, new discussion points, and frankly, brand new episodes. So I'm going to take a couple of months off to get that all organized I'm going to give you guys a chance to get caught up on all the episodes, engage how you want to, and really just get caught up with the show because there's a lot more coming and I'm excited to continue to bring this to you. Second piece of big show news is before the end of episode six, I will be publishing the podcast's very first video interview ever. That's with Brady of Brady Fit. Now, I got to tell you, this kid is sharp as a tack. He's a little nervous in his first interview, but honestly, aren't we all? I got to tell you, it takes guts to step up to the plate. Now, Brady's a pretty interesting cat because by the age of 20, he has already spearheaded 
his own fitness business and he's doing quite well. Now he specializes specifically in helping young men and just men in general take that first step of losing that first five to 10 pounds, helping them revamp their fitness efforts, make smarter choices when it comes to nutrition, as well as help people understand the trick with calories, whether it be weight loss or weight gain, right? And what's really cool about it is that when we sat down or yeah, when we sat down, he had this idea and this vision. Actually, I'm not going to take away from the interview. It's up on Rumble. If you're not following us on Rumble, go check us out on the Instagram page. It'll give you instructions on how to find us on Rumble. Go over there. The video will already be posted before the conclusion of episode six. That's my gift to you guys. And then after episode six is fully published, I'm going to be uploading the audio for Spotify and Apple podcasts for you guys to enjoy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's installment. I am stoked. Welcome back, y'all. All right, so let's go ahead and get into these surveys. I know I've been hyping these up since installment one, and I really wanted to save these for the end because I wanted to see if you guys, the listeners, and the participants in the survey that I sent out, which again, thank you. If you guys had also been noticing the same things that I had. And I really wanted to understand perhaps what y'all's perception was on the dating world as it exists today. Now, there were many of you that participated in this questionnaire and I broke it up into two categories. I had a handful of women respond and I had a handful of men respond. And so when I got y'all's responses, I wanted to compile these into one note to make sure that I was really getting a full understanding and full scope of how y'all saw the dating world. And I did this by breaking this up into seven questions. We'll be going through those today. And I really just wanted y'all to respond with your initial thoughts on each one of these questions and just give me an honest assessment. So we're going to be going over those questions and responses today. And as I said before, I'm not going to be revealing anything about your personal identity, name, any of all that other stuff. So let's go ahead and jump into it today. So I started off very, very plainly and I asked the participants, I said, what is your opinion on the current state of the dating world and what do you think has contributed to its current state? And right off the bat, I was met with one young lady hit the nail almost immediately on the head. And she said, instant gratification on to the next one. Women no longer need med to function in society. Now, I think this was one of the phone interviews because I asked her, I said, well, what do you mean by this? And she said, I think men and women compliment each other. She goes, it's rare to find a man that will put a woman first. And when I tried pressing a little bit more on, on what that meant, I, I wasn't really met with a, I don't want to say a coherent response because that, that sounds very rude and that, that wasn't meant to be what that was. But it was, this particular respondent was unable to kind of put her thoughts into a sentence beyond that. And so 
what I do recall from this particular one was that the overall idea of the conversation was that it's very rare that guys take relationships seriously these days. Now, I looked at another response that was given to me by another young lady, and her answer almost matched up identical, identically to the first respondent. She said there are too many options available at any given time. Decision fatigue and subsequent commitment fatigue. I love this because we discussed this in the, the dating app episode. Excuse me. I keep mixing up installment and episode. We discussed this in the dating app installment when we said that when you when you have all of these potential matches, it can get very overwhelming. And many times, guys, if you've been in the dating market and you've been on a dating app and you've had a young lady tell you, hey, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now. I just need some time to myself. What that means is, especially if she's using a dating app, that she has a lot of essentially she's inundated with matches and she doesn't know what to do with them. And it can be very overwhelming. So she has to take a step back because she has too many guys trying to fight for her attention and she doesn't know how to manage all of that. But this goes right into the decision and subsequent commitment fatigue. Now this particular young lady, she goes on to say that both sides have been burned too many times that they don't want to commit. If 80% of the criteria is met, is the 20% enough to scrap it for something better? Guys need to line up with their own words. So there's a couple of things that I need to really harp on on this one and not harp on in a bad way, but she does she does hit on something very, very interesting. And she had mentioned that when she was going through dating apps, there would be a series of boxes that she was looking to check off in terms of is he tall? Is he this? Is he that? Is he this? Is the is he the other? And what was interesting is that she did put out this statement where she had stated, if 80% of the criteria is met, you know, I guess that's okay. And I had asked her, I was like, well, my question is, is that if you come across a guy who is meeting 80% of your criteria, you have to understand that no guy is going to be perfect on this. And she agreed. I said, but then that raises the question, if the guy meets like 80 to 90% of what you're looking for, what you're saying is, is that there's still a 10% chance, or at least there's that tiny 10% that you're willing to throw away the baby with the bathwater because it's not 100%. And the overall response that I got to that was in agreement because it was like, well, how hefty is that, that 10% or 20%? And while that's a fair question on on face value, guys, we have to think about this too. If it's a much more significant issue, then it needs to be a higher percentile. Because that needs to be one of your non-negotiables. And I think that's often what's overlooked and what's, you know, mistaken. So if if a guy checks off all the, you know, the boxes for you ladies, and that one last little thing is the deal breaker, like that's your non-negotiable, right? So let's say, because I've run into this problem a few times, right? Because I travel a lot for work. And one of the biggest issues that I come into contact with is, well, everything, you know, seems right, but it's it's the distance that I'm worried about. Okay, well, if, if that's the truth, right, then it needs to be higher up on the priority list. It needs to be a larger percentile 
of a make or break deal. Because if the person that you're entertaining, and guys, this includes this as well, is that if the person that you're entertaining meets 80% of your criteria and you you understand full well that that other 10% may come in time and then the other 10% of that 20% is going to be something that is just enough of a difference in your personalities for you guys to be complementary to one another, you need to recognize that that's probably a, that's a healthy place to be. You're not ever going to find someone who is 100% perfect. It's, it's not going to happen. That's, that's really where that, that element of practicing unconditional love comes into play, especially within a relationship. Now, what's interesting about this is that the list of criteria in terms of realistic criteria as we, we went over is that it seems that men have a much more realistic set of criteria than women. Now, this isn't in all cases. This isn't, and, and this is where it's probably going to get me into some trouble if it, the rest of this episode hasn't already. I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion, but you'll remember in a couple of the other installments that we had that the perception of which you are assessing the measure of what a good man is, is flawed. We looked at how good men were being equated to college-educated men. Okay, well, you're overlooking an entire portion of the population. Well, I can. I have my choice. That's fine. But if you're defining a good man as someone who can protect, provide, and teach you something, then there's an entire demographic of the population out there that you're overlooking. And it's because the unit of measurement by which you, you assess the standard and the worth of a man is skewed. It's easily fixable, but the question is, do you want to? It's just something to think about. But she goes on. She says, if 80% of the criteria is met in the relationship, the question is, is the other 20 enough to scrap it for something better? Which means if 80% isn't good enough for you, you want to try to look for that 90%. Again, that 20%, yeah, you have to wonder what that 20% is. But guys, remember, and I say guys in the general sense, like y'all, like men and women. If you have something that is, quote, a deal breaker for you, and I mean like a legitimate deal breaker, not, oh my gosh, he's left-handed, it's a deal breaker. Or, oh my gosh, he drives a Prius, it's a deal breaker. It's like, okay, a car's a car's temporary. Like, he's probably going to upgrade in his life, right? Something mundane, oh, it's a deal breaker. It's like, dude, oh my gosh, he's a Gemini. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but if, if it's a significant deal breaker, like they're a... They're a smoker, right? That's that's a health habit. That's going to set them up for issues later on down the road. They have a dependency issue. That's something like a deal breaker. If that twenty enough percent, if that twenty percent is enough to override the eighty, then you really need to reconsider how big that twenty percent really needs to be. Because maybe it needs to be switched. Because maybe it's it's harder to find somebody who doesn't have that issue. And if that's the case. I would also then ask you, what type of people are you selecting and who are you choosing to be around and what standards do you have for yourself that if that continually be, it becomes a problem in which you find in a partner, which is to say, if you keep running into the same issue, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, if I keep getting sick off the food that I'm ordering, then maybe it's the menu 
maybe it's the establishment that I need to change, right? Maybe I need to go to a different restaurant, something to think about. There's another young lady that said something really interesting to this question. And she said, everyone is on a different time, uh, time, timelines. I don't know why my notes auto-corrected that to timelessness. <laughs> everyone is on different timelines. Current day, people are not dating for marriage or long-term, or they're dating to pass time. That is actually incredibly correct because we, we looked at some of the statistics back behind the dating apps, and it's pretty abysmal. And I, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, and I even mentioned this, it's like if you're going out there to date just to see how many people you can take to bed with you, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your focus. You could be dedicating that time and that energy, guys, to bettering yourself. Especially if you're still earlier on in your career and you're trying to figure out life. Like that is the prime time to get your crap in order. You don't need to be sitting there fraternizing with a bunch of women that you don't care about. Yes, it's good to get out there and get practice from a socializing standpoint. But if your main goal is to go out and hook up with a bunch of chicks on the weekend, you're, I mean, dude, your priorities are in the wrong way. They, they're completely out of whack. But you're right. You do need to be dating for... You, you need to have a purpose with it. I'm not going to tell you you have to get married. Because that's going to be a decision that's on you. And that's going to be another episode entirely. But the question is, you have to ask yourself, are you wanting to date someone because... Or enter into a relationship with this person because they add a certain level of peace and value to your life or add to the already existing peace and value that you've had within your own life? Or are you just doing it out of boredom or to pass the time? And if it's the latter, I would encourage you to maybe take a step back from the situation and really reevaluate your perspectives and your priorities. The next young lady up on this list, this was, this was a really, really good one too. She said, I think the dating world is skewed and focused on self-pleasure now. There's no teamwork and patience involved from, for what I see. I believe that feminism and social media play a big role in this. I think that both men and women are gifted in certain areas and they should work with their strengths and find partners that correlate well with their weakness. Yo, this is, guys, what did we, what did we say earlier? There is a reason why we have a lot of headache in the dating world and it, Again, this goes back to that breakdown that I, I made on Tommy Laren's statement of, you know, weak men and all the rest of it. So it, this is good to, I mean, it, it's good to see that, frankly, I'm not the only one that's that's kind of really, I wouldn't say complaining about these things, but pointing them out. Another young lady had stated, she says, in my opinion, and this one was really cool because she was really straightforward with this. And she goes, my opinion on the current state of the dating world today is that while social media and online platforms are great for connecting individuals around the world, it can also be a setback because everyone has a lot more options these days. And this goes back to the option fatigue. Now, this one was really cool because this young lady and her boyfriend both agreed to answer this survey and they know who they are. And thank you both. So 
she starts off and she says that I think someone who dates for marriage, she goes like me, is extremely hard in a society that glorifies hookup culture. Again, that that's predominant. That is true. That's I mean, that's that's one hundred percent true. If you're looking for quick exchanges and more instant gratification, something that comes along and is a byproduct of the almost immediacy that we've come to expect and kind of well depend on in a larger degree it makes sense that eventually that would bleed into the dating world, which would cause us to have difficulties developing true connections with people. So she hit the nail right on the head. That's absolutely right. Now, her boyfriend came back and said, the current dating situation has become too casual, leaving many, <clears throat> excuse me, living many people breaking up over small arguments. Exactly. You have to really decide what is worth ending a relationship for and what is just uncomfortable. Or when I say uncomfortable, I mean when a situation arises where there's a little bit of friction, you need to not see that as, a, oh my God, my relationship's over. It's like, okay, let's see how we can work through this. Because many times it's, it's a test of your communication problem-solving ability. I it just, it is. So he goes on and he said, very little people truly try and work their differences out. It's easier to just avoid conflict than trying to resolve it. Today's fast-paced world and social media has definitely contributed to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next respondent, and we've actually gotten into the guy's perspective too, because I, I think that was actually a perfect segue between that young, young lady's uh, perspective and then going over to her boyfriend's. So the next gentleman up, had stated that he says, I think it's terrible right now. Not only do many girls lack morals, guys do as well. Not to mention the lack of good father figures in teens and young adults is not doing them any good. Guys, we talked about this in a previous installment. So this isn't just me noticing this. He said, people nowadays don't want to fight for anything. As soon as things get slightly harder or uncomfortable, they want to leave, especially women. The next gentleman said, dating... <laughs> Dating online is too saturated now. People aren't allowed, or people aren't people organically, and I feel the majority of people are dating based solely on appearance. Which again, we talked about that on how many individuals who responded about their use and their swiping patterns on dating apps said that if it came down to much more of a quick-witted dating bio and an aesthetically appealing photo, they were much more likely to swipe right. So this does, it looks like you guys are seeing this on ground level too. He continued on and he said, I think that social media has made this new norm and the pandemic has worsened it. Yeah, the, I, I think the, when everybody was kind of indoors because of the bug or because of COVID, I'll just come out and say it. I think that, yeah, our reliance on interconnectivity through technology was really important to help us keep sane but at the same time it's yeah you guys already know my thoughts on this so let's go ahead and continue on with y'all's responses the next gentleman up said i feel the current state of dating relies too much on apps and leads to dry conversation <laughs> we also discussed this unfortunately the tech we have it becomes a double-edged sword with being able to talk whenever but never really making those true connections sometimes Next gentleman said, 
The current state of dating world the current state of the dating world is filled with more single parents dating due to divorce rates being high and a lot of unplanned pregnancies. Many women have higher expectations, debatable unrealistic, debatably unrealistic, to where it's hard for a man to genuinely secure a girlfriend. With dating apps being as popular as they are, they ruin the person-to-person interaction. Many people have no problem talking through a phone but can't carry the same tune while in person. Also with dating apps, it makes everyone expendable in a sense. I make that I make this statement because you can always find a quote replacement or another person within seconds without leaving your home. The next gentleman up, he said the current state of dating it's a difficult thing to assess. I think my lens for evaluating the dating climate right now is by paralleling the state of social interaction as a whole. The social media connection seems to also have created a serious disconnection between us. The values of the unspoken rules have changed in regard to what and how we present ourselves. I think this leads us to a rather superfluous... I like that word. I almost <laughs> I almost could not read that word, and I've read it hundreds of times before. <laughs> I think this leads us to a rather superfluous set of standards when filtering through potential partners, and it influences what we share with the world and what we don't. This makes dating, the process of interacting with another, intimately more difficult. As the foundation for the interactions is built on a surface-level ideals, this, yeah, guys, this isn't just me saying this. Like, this is, this is hard to read. This is really hard to read. And that actually concludes the number of responses that we got from question one. Now, some of y'all may be thinking, well, it seemed like there were a lot more guys on that. Well, yeah, it's because guys really wanted to jump in on this episode. And again, I mean, the majority of my listening audience is male. So, I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, for the ladies that contributed to this, again, y'all's insight, no pun intended to the show, was really, I, I, I can't express to you how valuable it was. So let's get on to the second question. I asked, what do you wish more guys knew about how to approach women for a date or just approaching them in general? And what do you wish more women knew about a man's effort or day-to-day life or existence? Now, I broke this I broke this question up into two parts. The second part of it was going to be mainly geared towards my female audience and give y'all a little bit of an insight as to what goes on in the guy in the head of some of these guys before they make the approach. And guys, the first part of this question, <clears throat> I asked the women specifically for y'all's benefits. So let's go ahead and see what we got. Going back to the first young lady up on the list and starting off the question, she said, ask them, don't tell them. And this is in respects to what she wishes more guys knew about how to approach women for a date. She said, ask them, don't tell them, have a plan, be specific, but don't, but don't be demanding. Girls sometimes say no because they fear there is a string attached or ulterior motives. Don't go too hard in the paint too quickly without interpersonal chemistry. Or excuse me, too hard in the paint too quickly without interpersonal chemistry sends the wrong message. 
right? The next young lady up, she said that approach is preferred. The guys that make more in-person approaches are less attractive that approach more. Hang on. This is the first time I'm reading this. That didn't come out right. Approach is preferred. The guys that make more in-person approaches are less attractive Then that okay, that doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, the second part of this, she said, it's the average guy, it's the average guy doesn't make the approach. Doesn't have to be a quick pickup line. Be the confident, but be confident and witty. You want to applaud them for mustering up the courage to approach, but I don't like playing with their emotions. So. Yeah, that's the first time. I don't know if I trying to figure out what she meant by the first part of this because it's 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 worded very very oddly. I think what she's trying to drive out here is that the guys who make more in-person approaches, so the guys who go to one girl and she's like, "No, I'm not interested." And then literally go to the girl like maybe 2 or 3 feet down and try the exact same thing. I mean, it's just I I can if if that's what she's driving at, I get that. But I think the the bulk of this, guys, is that it's these it's these average guys that don't make the approach. But I do like how she says it doesn't have to be a pickup line. Guys, if you can figure out how to open up a conversation without a pickup line, that's going to be your best bet. Because you got to think, too. You're not the only dude out there. There are probably dudes out there that are walking up to her and hitting her with some kind of cheesy pickup line. Whether it be something about, are you a, a traffic ticket or... You know, did you fall, you know, something stupid like that or walking up and saying something dumb, like the origins of your name, like it's cringeworthy, right? It just is. I, I knew a guy back in college that would do that. He, he would, oh my God, he would walk up and actually say, he goes, yeah, my name is derived from Greek. And they were like, okay. He goes, yeah, it means this. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Guys, don't. It, 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 it makes you look awkward. It comes off the wrong way. You just don't. You want to be natural and you want to have... A, you really want to have a conversation that's going to be very... I don't want to say disarming, but it's like that initial interaction when you walk up and you talk to somebody new for the very first time. You don't know them. They don't know you. She's probably going to be on guard. So you want to make it interesting. You want to make it fun. You want to be approachable. You want to be this this aura that makes her feel comfortable because as we said before if she feels comfortable around you she's going to be able to put herself or at least she's going to be able to feel safer around you and it's going to allow you to connect with her in a deeper level as opposed to her just walking around with her guard up right so let's move on yeah that was really worded very strangely caught me off guard this next young lady gets right to the point she goes do it in person and have confidence guys there you go So one of the biggest things is she said that she noticed how guys treat others, right? If they talk in person and actually want to engage in conversation 
and they do so confidently, that'll actually end up leading into much deeper and more fulfilling conversations. Next young lady, she says, great question. I think if a guy wants to plan or approach someone for a date, do not ask for their Snapchat. That's a huge red flag for us ladies. I I did get that response a lot, even from the young ladies that I spontaneously interviewed out on the side. Guys, don't ask for their Snapchat. Do not. Um, <laughs> just don't do it. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, moving right along here. Next young lady up, she says, I think just being honest about what they want from the beginning is huge. Like if they want something casual or they're serious to just basically make known their intentions off the bat. Guys, be confident about what you're looking for. If you think she's beautiful and you want to take her out to get her know, get to know her a little better, say that. Be like, hey, I was thinking about checking out this place this weekend over here at about this time. Would you like to join me? Because then it shows that you've already made the plan and you're going to stick with it regardless of whether or not she comes, but you're offering up that invite to her. So if she says no, you still get to have a good time. If she says yes, hey man, winner, winner, right? But you have to approach it with that confidence and you have to be able and you have to be willing to have plans even if it's, even if it's for yourself, right? Have the plan in place and have it in mind of, you know what, I'm gonna enjoy this even if she says no. I mean, obviously, unless it's an event that, you know, would probably be better with two people, that's one thing. But make it seem like the event is going to happen whether she goes or not. But you would prefer her company. Right? The approach and the delivery on that is absolutely key. I'll even give you an example. So the the symphony example that I gave you guys last installment too. <clears throat> I had kind of had a thing for those anyway, because I thought that they were very, very well done. It gave me an excuse to put my tailor's work uh, to the test, not to the test, but at least, you know, take advantage of my tailor's work. And I appreciated classical music. I did. And it just so happened that I was talking to a young lady who appreciated the same, or at least had a classical background. Now, I was already getting tickets to begin with. And when I asked her, I was like, hey, would you like to go do this? She was all about it. So that was cool. So I just picked up an extra ticket. It wasn't, you know, wasn't a big deal. But I was still going to go whether or not, like, she came with me. I'm glad she did. And then when she said yes, I made other plans to, you know, bolster up the evening and actually, you know, have more going on than just that. But you need to walk into it with that mindset, if that makes sense right? So now we get to the first of the guys. Ladies, take note of this. Number two, right? So what are some things that you wish women knew about guys approaching you? And he says, it's not always that obvious for men if a woman uh, is flirting with them or shows interest. Sometimes you need to be straightforward. Ladies, I'm going to be real with you. Like some of you are very, very inconsistent when it comes to, are you being friendly? Are you flirting with us? And when the guy can't, can't, when he can't tell the difference, yes, it's a problem. Guys, you probably need to, you know, read up a little bit more on social cues, but ladies, when you're very ambiguous with this and 
Because I've heard some of you say too, I can't believe he thought I was hitting on him. I was just being nice and polite and friendly. Okay, well, you also have to understand that guys don't really get a whole lot of interaction on a normal day-to-day basis with women. And it's not because we don't want to. It's because, again, some of the external and environmental factors that are in play now. We may see, be seen as creepy. We may be seen as potential predators. It's any number of things. And just it's for some guys out there, it's just the headache's not worth it. So when we come across a girl who is being friendly, we've been told enough that just because a woman's being friendly with you, it doesn't mean that she likes you. Okay. So we kind of back off a little bit because of that aspect of it, right? And then later you're going to tell your friends, oh my God, I hinted at it. And he didn't even take the hint. It's like, well, okay, let's reverse this, right? Let's say he did, and then you freaked out about it and then told your friends, oh my God, he started to hit on me when I was just being friendly. Now, I will say, gentlemen, definitely it wouldn't hurt to pick up on social cues when you can tell that she's interested in you. There will be signs. We'll get into that in a little bit, you know, in a different episode. But... Ladies, sometimes, you know, it helps to not be coy. If the guy shows interest in you and he goes, hey, I'm interested in you. I'd like to get you to know you more. Be like, yeah, that'd be cool, I guess. Ha <laughs> ha. No, like, don't be coy about it. Be like, yeah, I feel the same way. Use your big girl words. Big girl words. Unlike me, because I'm struggling with English right now. So anyway, moving on to the next one. Young man says, you don't need to be disrespectful. If you don't want us to have your number, just say so. Just say, no, I'm not interested in a calm manner. I can hear already hear some of y'all saying, well, some guys just don't take no for an answer. Okay, that is fair. But still, that doesn't give you license to be rude to every single guy that comes up to you. I'm not saying that's all of you. I'm just saying keep that in mind. He continues on and he said, there's no need to make everything dramatic. Or instead of seeming like you're interested by allowing us to get your number, then never reply. Ladies, I have it on good authority that several of y'all answered that question with that exact scenario. You're like, well, yeah, I may give him my number, but then I'll never respond. and He'll just get tired of trying and he'll just leave me alone. It's like, well, then why give him your number to begin with? Well, I don't want to hurt his confidence. Ladies, I'm going to tell you this right now. Guys get rejected for more things than you on a daily basis. So by the time we get around to coming up and talking to you. We've already had to overcome other people telling us no, and we've had to power through to make our own greatness. So it's not always the case that you're going to sit there and hurt our egos. Because like I said, we're also talking about the average guy, the majority of the ones that you're overlooking. Yes, there are crackpots out there that don't know how to take no for an answer, and I honestly wish I had a dollar for every time that I brought that to one of your, one of y'all's attention, that y'all automatically jump to that example, the most extreme thing to deflect from this is a reality, right? This is a thing. Maybe, maybe change up this tactic a little bit, right? Moving right along. Next gentleman says, ladies, keep in mind, not all guys are creepy. Guys, keep in mind, whether or not you're creepy is completely dependent upon one thing, and that is whether or not she finds you attractive. That's literally it. (laughs) That's literally it. (laughs) I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It really is. And that's not just me saying it. There are other content creators out there 
that have told young men this. Hell, there are even female content creators out there that don't even specialize in dating advice. And she's gotten on to girls on TikTok about making these cringe videos about guys just having normal interactions with women. And these, these women putting these guys on blast on TikTok, calling them creepy. And it's like, no, man, like, it's just a normal interaction. Like, you, you know, but it all comes down to whether or not she found the guy attractive. It is what it is. Right? Next gentleman up on the list. He says, I wish some women would take, take the chance on the guy willing to reach out. And with that, maybe even approach first in a public setting. Yeah, there's a little bit of it, you know, and I can hear it now. It's like, well, that's not the girl's role. Ah, okay. So now we're going to talk about you're you're all about female empowerment and and wanting to get behind this new wave of feminism and you know equal you know equal rights for everybody and all that stuff and equality in society, but then when something like that comes to the table, well, that's not my job. Mm. Okay, so because if that's the stance you're going to take, then it comes down to equality when it's convenient. And that's problematic. Now, I will tell you this too. I have also seen numbers, and if enough of y'all press me, I will go find the numbers for this. But there is also a thing that, or a discussion point that came up, I think in a circle, I was, it was like this discussion circle I was listening to when I was at the gym the other day. And this young lady had said, you know, I've noticed that a lot of my friends, when they go up and approach guys, there's a much greater likelihood of the relationship actually working out and it being much more meaningful. Well, my guys, you know, they, they tend to be creeps and da da da. Well, where are you meeting them? Bars, clubs. Yeah, well, you know, there you go. Again, location matters. And we talked about where some of the best places were to actually meet people in person. Ladies, just take the advice I gave to the guys and apply it to your own life. I mean, this is one of the things that you can, I would say, I would say it's probably one of those things that you could, you could get away with. It's, it's one of the few things that actually works both ways. It's kind of nice, right? I've seen it work that way anyway. Multiple states, multiple dem demographics multiple hemispheres. Anyway, number two. Again, just to remind you, question is, what do you wish more girls knew about approaching women for a date or just approaching them in general? Next guy up on deck says, I wish that more women expected it to actually happen. Some women hate to be approached, but how else would you expect to start a relationship with a person? I think that women are so used to being DM'd that when a guy approaches them in public, it throws them off. And that is true. That is very true. Ladies, I've, I've kind of seen this, and, and you have to think about it too. As much as I can get on to guys about, you know, hey, stay off dating apps and da-da-da, because it's it's you need to develop that interpersonal communication skill as well as the ability to approach. There's also something to be said about you know, when you complain about, well, guys don't make the approach in person and duh, this, that, and the other, and all the rest of it, it's like, okay, well, when one finally does, you fumble the bag, right? It's like, I'm, I'm reminded of that one quote that Heath Ledger made as the Joker in the, in the dark night. He goes, I'm like a car, or he's like, I'm like a dog chasing a car, chasing, chasing that tire. He's like, I wouldn't know what to do with it once I have it. 
And that's how some of y'all end up interacting in these situations or behaving in these scenarios. And for the small percentage of you out there, be like, oh my God, I can't believe you just compared me to a dog. I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm saying the overall concept of it. And if you want to get caught up on, you know, the analogy instead of the overall principle of the analogy, well, frankly, that's on you. If you want to remain that narrow-minded, you can. But the overall point that I'm trying to make is, is that if you want something to happen and you want to go after something, you have to accept the possibility that you also then have to think about how you need to respond once you have it. Or as I like to refer to it, if you don't want to catch the fish, don't keep casting the line. And then when you catch it, don't be surprised that you did. Moving on. Oh my goodness. Next up on deck. <clears throat> Young man says, I'm not sure I understand the question, so I'll do my best. He said, the thing that I would like to impart on women, impart to women to keep in mind when they are being approached by a man is how likely it is that that man is incredibly nervous and frightened by the power of rejection you hold as a woman. Now, I will add a caveat to that, or not a caveat, but I will add a stipulation to this because this this does go, this does fly in the face of what I said just a moment ago. And there is something different about the rejection that comes with you ladies. It's not that it's going to crush our ego or anything else like that. But again, in this day and age, one of the things that we have to be concerned with are false allegations of, well, harassment and what have you especially in the day and age of believe the accusation first and then you know clear up your name later I'm not saying that's all of you but i'm saying again i hate prefacing that but again that is something that you have to consider he goes on and he says a generous woman will take this into account during such an interaction hopefully offering some grace to the man attempting to shoot his shot if women desire men to make the first move to speak or to be the approacher, their recognition of this process is a sign of respect. And that's the thing. Even if you tell us no, if you do it gracefully, ladies, the guy is going to respect you so much more for it. That's the thing. And again, I don't want you to jump to that automatic defense. Well, I've told guys no before and they just don't take a hint. Okay, again, you're also taking maybe the small amount of guys who just can't take a hint and applying it to the larger populace. Well, aren't you doing that with women? No, because I've also provided stats back behind that too. And now as you're seeing, I'm also providing, well, quantitative data, or excuse me, qualitative data. So it's not just me saying this. Now guys, what happens if I'm scared to make that first approach? Guys, I got to tell you, the only way you're going to get better at it is freaking reps, right? Repetitions. It's the best way to get that. I mean, it, it's the best thing to do is just get those reps in because it's going to help you immensely. Oh, man. Okay. So let's move on to question three here. And... Yeah, this one, I think I actually like this one probably more than I should. Because I was really, I, I knew this was going to vary from person to person. 
what are some what are some red flags you typically see or hear a lot of people experience or overlook in relationships? Now, some of you actually took this on more of a personal route, and I'm not really gonna, you know, I'm not really gonna chastise you for it because this was, you know, meant to be somewhat of a personal question. If you wanted to answer it with such insight, anyway, moving along. Before I start fumbling over my words again, first lady up on deck. And I'm also going through the exact same rotations, too. Of We're starting with the very first person up on the list we're running through. So the person that I'm reading off of now is the exact same person that I read off of for the very first answer, for the very first question. I'm just going through the numbers and then going back through just to give you guys an insight of what they said. So number three, this young lady said, I rely on intuition. The it factor is built off of romantic chemistry and friendship activities. Interesting. Next young lady up. She said, I've led more with my personal achievements and led in with a masculine frame and it seems to turn, it seems a turnoff for men. The masculine frame came from background. Ladies, this isn't just me saying this. Remember how I was talking about in one of the previous installments that hyper success, like ambition and everything else isn't something that we take into consideration. In fact, it's actually something that is a cautionary advisory to us. And this is why. Hyper successful women tend to have masculine traits. They tend to become very disagreeable. They tend to become very combative. They tend to become very competitive. They tend to be aggressive. And again, while that's not anything that men can't handle, if we're already doing that, if we're if we're already out exercising those qualities and those traits to make our own greatness in the world, why would we want to come home at the end of the day when our energy is more or less depleted and do that with the woman that we're supposed to care about? I'm not saying there's going to be disagreement. There's not going to be disagreements. There's not going to be things that you need to work through and that are going to be challenging in the relationship. But you should be adding to each other's strengths. You should be a type of support for the other. Much in the same way that you would be that solid rock and that encouragement and that, that strength and foundation for her and that source of protection and security for her. In the same way, ladies, many guys are looking for you to add peace to their life. Not because they don't already have it, but because... They want you to be that ray of sunshine after a stormy day. It just, it is what it is. They already have that peace when they come home. They want you to add to it. They don't need you there in order for it to be completed, but that peace becomes much more enriched as they see it with you there. That's the difference. The next young lady up, she said, stayed too cautious and held up a guard the whole time, ended up being standoffish. Again, it, yeah, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. This next young lady said, number three, I think being on my phone, I'm very conscious about that now. She's like, I really try to stay off the phone while I'm interacting with anyone. I think it's rude when you don't give your full attention to someone. I actually had that done to me. I had a really busy day and 
I had a really busy day one day, and the guy I was dating wanted to see me for a bit that afternoon. So I agreed, even though I was so tired. I was like, so with, let's see, one, two, three, four O's on that. So I'm not exaggerating that. While we were together, he was on his phone the entire time. Safe to say, that made me upset. Because I was like, I could be sleeping. Lol. I, yeah, I'll grant you on that one. Like, you know, I've been on dates with, you know, girls before. I'll be sitting across from them. And this is also why I don't do dinner on the first date. Is that if they, do, if they can't carry on a conversation, you're competing with their phone. It just is. Next young lady up. Red flag. She said, I think someone who is constantly going out to clubs and bars is a huge red flag. Or someone who is constantly getting drunk. Absolutely. I would say that that's absolutely a good one because guys, again, if you don't know how to carry yourself in such a way where you know your own limits, you don't have that discernment. You don't know what responsibility is with respect to the use of alcohol. If you don't know what moderation is, that is not a, that is not a recipe for success. Moving on to the guys. First one up on deck, that young lady's boyfriend. He says, if she doesn't have a personal hygiene, it's a huge red flag. Oh my gosh, that's actually a really good one. I like that one. (laughs) Number three for the next guy up on deck. Revealing photos slash clothes on social media. Being disrespectful to others. No accountability in their life. Says one thing but does another. Guys, This is important too. remember, if you tell a woman you're going to do something, you need to follow through and do it because your integrity and your ability to follow through with what you say, what you say you're going to do is going to allow her to develop a greater sense of trust and security, sense of security in you because she knows that she can rely on you to get things done. And as I said before, if she came from a really positive family and a really solid family structure, she already probably has that with her dad. And that is going to give her and help her develop that same level of comfortability and security with you. Perhaps not in the same way that she does with her dad, because the dynamic between a father and his daughter is going to be completely different between you and your girlfriend or your fiance or your wife. But you get what I'm driving at. And this is also a really important one too. Revealing photos, clothes on social media, so on and so forth. Guys, we talked about this in the red flags. The social media presence is a big thing. And I know this is this is a hot button topic for a lot of you ladies out there too. But I want you to consider this. If you sent, let's say, a an intimate photo to your boyfriend, right? Maybe you're in, how do I put this? Maybe you're wearing something that is appealing to the eye and you know it's going to get his attention, whether it be something revealing, otherwise, what have you. Mainly revealing. Let's say it's a new swimsuit. Let's say it's a new set of PJs, whatever the case may be, right? And you send that to him because you trust that it's going to be for his eyes only. Now, this is also assuming that you've, you know, you develop that relationship. You're not sending that off to every single new guy that you meet. So ladies, I'm going to ask you this. How would you feel, thought exercise real quick, how would you feel if you found out that he was showing those photos to his best friends? If he was showing those photos to other people? 
without your permission or without your knowledge and you found out now I'm not sitting in the same room as you wherever you are listening to this but if I was a gambling man I'm not but if I was a gambling man I'd be willing to wager that you wouldn't be too impressed with that in fact you'd be pissed and rightfully so so then let's flip that script why should he not be upset that you're putting those kind of photos up on your social media page for all the world to see. It's something to consider. Your social media presence is important these days. It's, it's actually becoming ever more important, whether we like it or not. And as we said before, one of the biggest things is, is that you need to look out for your reputation because it is going to be a credibility, credibility builder or destroyer of your boyfriend, fiance's or husband's reputation. Because you may be an upstanding member of the, of the community, but you won't be seen as that. You'll be seen as... Oh yeah, his wife does OnlyFans, or his girlfriend. Yeah, he's he's dating an OnlyFans girl, or he's dating a girl that you know posts up salacious photos up online of like a quote modeling career. Because let's also think about it: if you were to post a photo like that, how many likes would you be getting compared to the one that you might post with you and him in the same photo? Which do you think would get more likes? I, I'm just saying, right? Think about it. Inversely, guys, if you're with a girlfriend or if you're with this girl, you know, you need to understand that the dynamic, I would argue, some guys will tell you, go off and do whatever you want. It's your, you know, she needs to confirm, you know, confirm, <laughs> conform. God, I'm having a problem with English today. She needs to conform to your frame and whatever else. Okay, whatever. The point is, is that with this thing, I would argue you take a step further. You really want to impress me, dude? Show show restraint. So show discipline. So show that you can control your biological impulses and your biological preferences. And no, I don't mean, you know, if you have a preference towards women, you need to ignore that. That's not what I'm saying. If she is going to show restraint and discernment on that, I would argue, and I know some guys would be like, oh, it's blue pill, it's simp behavior, da, da, da. No, I would, I would actually argue that if you're able to maintain, one, a level of discipline and a level of discernment on what you should and shouldn't be doing online, it's actually a commitment to her. And it's going to develop trust in her for you which in turn is going to help you guys build a deeper relationship with one another. You know? Moving right along. Next guy up. Talking about red flags. He says if they are constantly taking pictures of themselves. I mean, selfies. Like, I just... 
Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes without saying. Number three, next up on deck. Guy says, red flags are definitely in... Uh, red flags are definitely an argumentative attitude and just being dismissive in conversation. I think what he was trying to say is one of the red flags he has is an argumentative attitude and just being dismissive in conversations. So argumentative attitude is pretty straightforward, but what about dismissive in conversations? What does that mean? Well, we talked on that when we have phrases like, oh, you just don't get it or who hurts you or what's the other one that I've heard? Oh, you're only saying this because of X, Y, and Z or a real man wouldn't do this or, well, that sounds like a you problem or that's just your opinion or, well, maybe that's just the people you talk to. Okay. Again, if you're going to dismiss someone's perspective because it doesn't align with the things that you believe to be true, you have to sit there and think there's, they're getting this opinion from somewhere. And many guys, what you'll find is, is that they will base their opinions off of logic and reason and numbers, much like myself. A lot of the opinions, some of the opinions that I have, I know that a lot of you guys out there don't agree with. But one of the things that I will consistently tell you is that I base many of my opinions, except the ones that I have of my faith, because that's a different, that's a different area of my life. But a lot of the things that I have an opinion about, I have based off of empirical evidence, observations, studies, and patterns of behavior. And it's allowed me to not only become more situationally aware of everything else around me, but it's also allowed me to predict how I can best connect with somebody, whether it be on an interpersonal level or on a professional level. I've done this in sales and I've done it with interacting with women and securing dates and relationships. I understand what goes on in the world around me. And I've also caught in flack for it too. I make like, I have buddies of mine that will give me crap about how I have statistics at the ready for various things in life, how I have, <clears throat> excuse me, literary knowledge of something about a very specific aspect of life or why certain things happen from, let's say, um, I, okay, I'll give you an example. So I'm, kind of losing my hair. And I know how that looks in, you know, the dating world. And I understand what research has shown with respects to how women respond to a guy who's got a receding hairline compared to how they respond to a guy who is bald with a beard, you know, that kind of thing. Now, the offset is it's like, oh, ha, ha, you're losing your hair. It's like, yeah, dude, but I'm still, you know, I'm still benching more than you. I'm still deadlifting more than you. I'm still in better shape than you. So yeah, maybe, I mean, you got a better hairline, but you also have, you know, a bigger gut than most protesters I've seen back home. So dude, like what's your, you know, <laughs> it's like, what's your argument? We can play this game, but I'm still, you know, so you have to, you have to be aware of, it's like, if you're going to lose something that you know is going to take your edge off inside of society, right? Or maybe it's not going to make you their first pick. You can compensate in the other ways. So what if you're losing your hair? If you're in shape, who cares? Right? When you look at Jeff Bezos, dude's got a shinier head than I do, and the guy's jacked. Of course, he's also got like, you know, 
<laughs> billions, but that's I'll get there one day. Anyway, moving on. But yeah, being dismissive in conversations and having an argumentative attitude. That's that's a huge, huge red flag for most guys. Moving right along here. Next guy up. Wearing too much makeup to the point where you don't recognize when it's off. The amount of jewelry she has on, no woman no woman is out of any guy's league. Just out of his budget. <laughs> that's actually really good. I like that. When she doesn't want to work but gets enough work done on herself to where you debate she's related to Tupperware. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I want to read that again. When she doesn't want to work but gets enough work done on herself to where you debate she's related to Tupperware. <laughs> The dude, that has got to be the best. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, that was the best laugh I've had today. That was. <laughs> of course it's you, dude. I, oh my gosh, dude. I share memes with you on a regular basis. Of course it's you, brother. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Of course it would be you. Anyway, I'm not saying it's bad, brother. I know you're listening to this, and I got to tell you, I, oh, my God, that caught me off guard. All right, let me go ahead and get back on track here. So the next question that I asked was a little interesting because I really wanted to find out where y'all were finding your dates, right? And when I sent this off, I had asked, yeah, number four, I, I flat out asked, I was like, what are what are some things that you messed up on a date? Or I gave you the guys the option of where do you find where do you meet your potential dates? Is it apps? Is it in person? You know, what kind of success or frustration have you had with these methods? And you could usually choose one or two, one of two, depending on which question set you felt most comfortable answering, because not everybody's background and experience is going to really be the same. So the first young lady jumped up and she goes, not having, oh, I see what she did here. Okay. I think she messed up um, the, I think she mixed up the red flags question with this one, because what she referenced for this answer specifically was not having an open enough of a mind going on a date just to do it instead of being open-minded to the idea of it leading somewhere wanting the attention to pass by the time until the next legitimate thing comes along that's actually a really good point before we get too in depth uh, with question number four concerning where do you meet people uh, this is also something that you guys need to keep in mind again this goes back to dating just for the sport of it instead of with intention and long-term in mind. So let's go ahead and move on. So the question here that we're going to be looking at is what are some things you've either messed up on on a date or where do you typically meet your potential dates in person on an app and what successes or frustrations have you had? Because then she answers with number five on her list anyway. And she says, once you leave college, meeting people in person is much more difficult. Most of them have been through apps in person. She goes, I don't get approached, but I also don't drink. 
apps have played a big part for networking, but one of the biggest frustrations is the numbers are not in my favor for guys that I like or that are interested in or that I'm interested in. Actually, it's a matter not longer. Okay. I don't know. I don't like the way she phrased that. But let's get back to the the bulk of <clears throat> excuse me. Let's get back to the bulk of what she had answered with. She said, once you leave college, meeting people in person is much more difficult. Most of them have been through apps. In person, I don't really get approached, but I also don't drink. Apps have played a huge part in networking, but the biggest frustration are the numbers are not in my favor for guys that I like or that are interesting to be around or that she is interested in. So again, this goes back to in some cases we have to look at possibly, you know, what are you looking for specifically? And I tried to, I tried to ask and I didn't really get a clear answer on that one, but it's okay. It serves a purpose and it was a good response. So let's go ahead and keep moving on. And one of the next things that I got was, was really eye opening. And she says, most of the interactions have been through apps, but the experience I have had has been with, I hate texting. I would rather the guys make the first move, but don't text me all day. Come with specifics, place, time, date. I feel like most of these profiles may cause these guys to play hot, cold game. Too many dating advice, too much dating advice these days are more how to get women to chase you. I was raised to let the guy take the lead. I feel like a lot of women these days don't do that. If the guy is busy, best thing would be, hey, I'm busy, but let's meet for coffee. Show me you want to make the effort. I want I want your time. If you text too much, it shows you don't really have a lot going on, which leads her to think you won't be able to provide a good life for her, etc. Guys, this is important. This kind of goes back to the red flags that I had mentioned earlier. Um, but it, and and honestly, this answer kind of, she touched on a lot of different things. It seems like the majority of her interactions on this one were from the apps, but then she also led into some of the things that you really need to avoid, right? So let's go ahead and break this one down because she did throw out a lot in this and we're going to go ahead and take this piece by piece. So this young lady had put out there that she, where did it go? Here we go. She said, most of the interaction has been through apps, but the experience I have had has been with, I hate texting. I would rather guys make the first move, but don't text me all day. Guys, come with a plan, right? Specifics, time, place, date. She said, I feel most of these profiles may cause these guys to play hot slash cold games. And a lot of that, we went into the statistics of dating apps. We're not going to go back through them here. If you want to reference that, go Go check that out in, I think it's installment number five of, I think I made the door of the Explorer reference on that one. I think it was swipe or no swiping or swapper, swipe or stop swiping or something like that. Anyway, moving on. She said too many dating, too much dating advice these days has more to deal with how to get women to chase you. I was raised to let the guy take the lead. This is also important, guys. You have to have a plan of where you want to go. So be direct, be forthcoming. Don't be overly so, but at the same time, if 
she's giving you the hot, cold treatment and you just don't really feel like it's there, you probably best need to move on. Show me you want to make the effort. I want your time. Guys, I even stated this. And I've told you guys this in person. She wants your time. There is no such thing as a girl who doesn't know her schedule. Because here's the thing. If you are a guy that she truly wants to be around. If you're a guy that she truly wants to get to know. And she truly wants to have a relationship with you. She is going to cancel other plans to be with you. She is going to make sure that she has time to see you. She is going to make the effort to see you. There is no, oh, I don't know when my next day off. It no, cut that, cut that off. Cut that off. Because here's the thing. Oh, I don't know what my schedule is, this, that, and the other. Okay, here's the thing. I've dated nurses who, on average, will work shifts, right? I get it. Here's the thing. Your shifts are set in stone for about a week or two out in advance, right? You know when your days off are. Corporate America, you have no excuse. It's typically Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, 9 to 5. You're off. You got to fight through traffic at 6. You could leave to go somewhere afterwards. During the afternoons, the evenings, whatever. Weekends. You know you have the weekends off. Nurses, I'll at least give an opening on that, Right? But it's a case-by-case -case basis. You really have to consider this. A girl will know what time she has off. If it's that important to her and you are that much of a catch in her eyes, she will find a way to make it happen. She wants your time. She doesn't care what you do. Just put effort into it, guys. That's all you have to do. Right? The next one up stayed on track, and it was shortened to the point. This young lady says, with respects to where do you meet your people? Is it in person or on apps or whatever? She goes, in person, through friends or the gym. Most are in for a few days, then dip. Okay? So she's actually going about it the right way. You're meeting people in person. You're figuring out who wants to stick around, who doesn't. Go off of that. Go on from there. This next one was really interesting. This one comes from a young lady who is she's actually given her input on the show a couple of other times too. So I was really, really happy to see her perspective on this because this actually comes from a different nation other than my own. So I was really, really happy about this to get this this foreign perspective as well. I say foreign. I mean, we're, we're neighboring countries, but whatever. So she says, mostly on apps. Also asking friends if they have friends and being, quote, set up. I've met a lot of interesting people on the apps. I've had success in finding someone. I've definitely experienced the frustration of people who are misleading with their intentions, but everything comes to light eventually. It's true. It does. Number four. She said, great question. I'm still figuring that out in terms of, you know, successes, frustrations. She says, but I think I'm, I'm the person meeting, excuse me, I think Meeting in person is always the best. I'll agree with that. I don't like the way she phrased that answer, though. That was a little odd to read. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I don't think... I don't think English is our first language on that one either, so I can't... Yeah, that's that's my bad. I'm over here being a jerk inadvertently. My bad. <laughs> um, it was phrased a little differently. And like I said, I, I kept a lot of these responses and I, I read a lot of these these answers 
for the first time on today's episode. Like, so this is the first time I'm reading them. And I, I really wanted to have a genuine reaction to see this because I really wanted to see if what y'all were observing was also falling in line with the things that we've talked about in the previous installments. And it seems to be lining up pretty well so far. This next young lady who she and her boyfriend commented on, she says, I'm not sure it was considered a quote mess up. She went with um, some of the things that she has messed up before on date. And I think she actually answered the next one too. She goes, she's like, I'm not sure it was considered a mess up to the guy because he still wanted to go on another date. But in general, mentioning exes and past relationships is just a huge no, no. She said, I found my current boyfriend in a church small group. I think part of it is just being in the same place, like around like-minded people who are also around your age. For some people that's a bar or if you're like me, that's a church group. I feel like the dating apps kind of insinuate the idea of hookup culture because you just have you just have the pool of men or women accessible to you and most are down to hook up and never talk again. So I don't think they are a viable place to find a partner. That is probably one of the most insightful comments that I had gotten out of the responses on that because we had mentioned we had mentioned before in one of the previous installments and even through hints of networking is that if you really wanted to expand your circle, you need to find the things that you're most interested in and go off and meet the people that also are like-minded in that because you're also going to find success in that as well. And that includes for networking and making friends with people that, you know, are both men and women. And then when you meet women out in these scenarios, there's a very good chance that you can actually talk one up and then grab a date with them. I was at a mixer when I was working in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And this is this is an embarrassing story, but I'll tell you this. Anyway, so I was at this I was at this company mixer. And I hit it off really, really well with this one young lady. And we got a date night going. And we went off. We had drinks and everything else. We were supposed to go out again. And I had to cancel on her one night because of a sincere, you know, there was genuinely something that came up. And I explained the situation to her. And she was cool. She's like, all right, let's reschedule. The night arrived that we were supposed to reschedule. And I ended up in the ER. (laughs) And it it was one of those things where it was like I was... I was not feeling well. Like I had a stomach bug. It was in the middle. I mean, it was getting to the middle of the night. I had to go to um, a, a family clinic on something. And no, I, I went to a family clinic and they were like, uh, we're actually about to close up for the night. You might want to go to the ER. I was like, crap. I didn't stay the night. So it was like, all right, whatever. But I had to go, I had to go to the ER and it was, it was just a little bit of food poisoning. It wasn't a big deal. But I remember telling her, I was like, hey, yeah. She's like, oh, we're still going to make it on tonight. I was like, yeah. I was like, unless something big happens between like now and then, then yeah. And then sure enough, and she thought it was a, a joke and I was wasting her time. And it just, oh, man, <laughs> it was that was bad. But no, the point is, is that if you go to mixers like this, there's you go there with the intention of building up your business network and everything else like that. Um, and then from there, you'll, you'll most likely meet like really interesting and really cool people. And then, you know, build out from there. So in person is always going to be better than these apps. So moving on here. So the next one up, he says, I'm not a big date person due to current life and goals. Plus how girls act today. The next one up says in person all the way, never used a dating app. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I blame him. Honestly, knowing what those things are, just it just they're they're bad, man. Um, oh man. 
A next one up, young man says, I always go for in-person because you can make more of a connection on the spot and give a better first impression instead of simply hey over text. In person, I've always tried to find common interest and engagement, not by rattling off 20 questions, plain and simple, just talk to them and keep the conversation going. Next one up. One of the things that he's messed up on a date, this young man said, he said, not being assertive enough to initiate more moves. Going into a date thinking it's going to fail, letting the women invite her friends to join us after dinner is done, getting the time wrong for the dinner date, lastly, not thinking the date was actually a first date. And then he goes on to say, he goes, well, how do you find, and I asked him, I was like, well, how do you find a potential date and in person, do you do apps or anything else like that? That was the question. And he goes, well, the best way to find a potential date is in person. The issue with the online apps is that there are so many ways to cheat the system. It's unfair to even take it seriously. Just a standard girl can go from a 610 to a 10 out of 10. Between angles, lighting, filters, and possibly choosing older photos for themselves to present themselves at a glance is unfair. And as mentioned earlier, anyone can text through a phone, but not many people can carry on that same energy in person. I want to make a note of this real quick. I had brought this up to a young lady I knew and she really asked, she's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, do, do women really show up not looking like their photos, like, you know, heavier or whatever else? I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. She goes, wow, that's really surprising. That's really kind of, that's, that's really kind of bad. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Moving on. This next young man was actually really, really insightful with some of the the answers that he gave. And he said, personally, I have tried dating apps and still am. And of course, through life, you naturally encounter other people. I will speak directly to the dating market and strategy for men as that is what I am. The advantage of the major apps is the large presence of potential women. It has become a platform we've gravitated to socially, and that means there is a lot of opportunity to be found. If dating is somewhat of a numbers game, that is another advantage. With that said, however, I think especially for men that the best way to find quality dates is in person. How? By having a direction for your life and filling your days with activities that support that vision. By doing so, you'll begin to naturally repel the things and people that don't mesh with that vision, but simultaneously you'll attract what does. This absolutely includes women. This type of authenticity greatly increases your chances of success, not just by acquiring a date, but that it's a good match. The commonality of interests, right? And I, I mean, that was very, very well put. One of the biggest things with that is, is that the... You need to have common interests. You need to have common values because one of the one of the three I remember reading this in a in a piece of act, academic literature when I was in grad school. One of the three fundamental tenets of the laws of attraction are physical attractiveness. Obviously, obviously you have to be physically attracted to them. The proximity and then shared values. Now, among those, the shared values are actually going to come into play later because if you end up having a long term relationship and you you bring kids into the mix let's say you get married and all the rest of it then you need to have a common standard by which you are going to impart a set of values and principles in the life of that child that will help guide them throughout the rest of their life when they're helping when they're trying to determine what is right and what is wrong 
So this is absolutely crucial, right? If your if your values are are different, the 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 child is going to get conflicting information on what is what or what is right and what is wrong. And when there's division between mom and dad on the best way to act in a situation or how to engage with a situation, it becomes much more difficult for the child to actually develop, well, a solid set of guidelines as well as, well, yeah, guidelines, especially develop a conscious properly or at least have an established value of right and wrong, right? It can, it can be convoluted. So moving on to number five. For the guys specifically that may lack confidence or the ability to carry on engaging conversation, what would you recommend they do to improve these skills? Now, this was specifically aimed at a professional that I had I had wanted to get on the show for you guys, but unfortunately we had scheduling conflicts so that I wasn't able to really get that underway. But I had I had sent that off to a couple of survey participants, and the response that I got back was uh, a lot of people were unsure how to answer that. So I, I I took that out and I substituted out I substituted it out for something else. And I had asked people I was like, well, what is the first thing you notice for? notice or look for when talking to a guy or, you know, a woman. And so we went with that because this was really going to speak to perhaps the first initial interaction and how first impressions have developed. Now, me personally, I would have liked to gotten a little bit more professional of an insight onto how to develop confidence within guys. But honestly, I think if there was a a universal answer for that and you could monetize it and sell it people would but i haven't seen anybody on the market yet that has offered that so guys what i'm going to tell you is practice 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 you know make a game out of it see how far you can get in the conversation before you know you get uncomfortable or see see how natural you can make conversation flow to make them feel comfortable make it a game or if you had a, sing, a set of wingmen, go off and do that. That's a good way of handling things. But let's go ahead and get back to this fifth question. Right? So what is the first thing you notice when talking to a guy or talking to a woman? And one of the things that was immediately mentioned by women was the right level of confidence. Not cockiness, but confidence. Another young lady had stated that one of the biggest things for her was the amount of eye contact that they had, the respectful language, as well as their smile. So, guys, keep that in mind. Another young lady had said that the first thing that she noticed or looked for when she was talking to a guy is the ease of conversation. This goes back to what I said earlier. She says it is... She goes, is it flowing well or is it like an interview? Are they reciprocating questions to me or is it all about them? Are they playful or jovial when they chat? Or do they reply in a regular amount of time or do they take all day? I suppose that's a lot more than just the first thing. So 
It is. <laughs> and it's a lot more than the first thing, but it also gives way to a little bit of a perspective that I think is really, really crucial. You have to flow, you have to allow a conversation to flow naturally. You don't want to make it seem like an interrogation or an interview because then it becomes more awkward. This is also why I suggest that when you're going on a date with a girl for the first time, make it something fun, make it something interactive, make it something that is going to allow conversation to flow out of both of you naturally, right? Especially if you're bad at initiating conversation, this is going to be really good practice for you. And frankly, the better you get at that aspect of your life, or at least the better you get at carry on conversate, carrying on conversations. Oh my gosh, I'm on the struggle bus today. The more you get better and more confident about carrying on conversations with people, that is going to bleed into your overall confidence in life, gentlemen. And that is going to help you walk with your head held a little bit higher. You stand up a little bit straighter. You enter the room with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more of a commanding nature. And that speaks volumes to people around you. So you need to get on that grind to get really, really good at that. Because here's the thing. Forget dating aspect of it, right? A woman should be a compliment to your life, not the main focus of it. You need to be on your purpose. You need to figure out what it is that you need to get out there and do. And if it's going to be anything to do with the professional realm, you have to be able to develop that confidence as well as that competence and that commanding nature because sometimes you are going to have to walk into tough sales negotiations. Period. You're going to have to be able to look some old salty dog in his face who is 30 years ahead of you in his career and he doesn't want some young buck sitting in his office telling him what he's doing wrong even though what he's doing wrong is causing his business to hemorrhage half a million dollars per month and you're sitting here telling him, hey man, I can fix this. This is how we do this. And this is what is going to allow you to grow your business. This is what is going to make your life easier. And this is how we're going to resolve your headache. Well, I've been doing this for however many years. I don't need you to tell me. You need to have the confidence and the competency and the commanding nature to look this dude dead in the eye with the confidence and go, you have entertained my services and me advising you on these issues and allowing me to take up time on your schedule because... You have a problem and you see that I have the solution to it. If you choose to do nothing, you will continue to have the problem you do now. And knowing that I have the solution for what ails you, you can no longer sit back and go, well, nobody has a, nobody has a solid solution for this. We can't fix it. Now, again, there are much more tactful ways to approach that inside of a sales communication. We'll get into that in a different episode. But here's the thing. You're not going to be able to have that conversation if you don't develop some confidence and commanding nature in your life's gents. And here's the thing. If you're able to carry yourself that way in a boardroom and inside of a tense sales negotiation, that's going to bleed over into other aspects of your life. That's going to draw people into you. And you're going to be able to carry that confidence with you in a natural way that doesn't come off as cocky, that doesn't come off as too demanding, that doesn't come off as too controlling. Because some, some women, when you actually find that perfect balance, when they're not used to dealing with guys that have a firm grasp on who they are, that will come off as controlling. I'll give you an example real quick. There was this young lady I knew in Dallas. Her name was Taylor. And 
much to her defense too, I, when I met her, she met me at a very strange time in my life because I was, I was trying to, I realized that there was a series of personality deficiencies that I had, not necessarily in a, in a sick way, but it was like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't being as confident as I could be in the overall aspects of my life. I wasn't being as forthcoming as I could be in life. And I was letting people walk all over me. I was in this transitional period where I was attempting to build a spine for myself. And I was pushing that lines and I was pushing back against the people who had become very, very accustomed to walking all over me. And the first few times that I met her, I was very much like here, here, this time, this, it was very, it, it was very commanding. Right. I, I, I will grant her that it was very commanding. It was very, um, it was, it was very over the top and it was, it threw up a red flag for her because she had had a series of, you know, past relationships that were, as she told me, were very toxic with respects to people be very, people being very controlling of where she was going, who she was hanging out with, what kind of, you know, this, that, and the other she was wearing. Now, her Instagram, she also has stuff on there that is of more of a salacious nature, right? She's posted, you know, revealing photos. She's going to raves. She's doing this. But then she's also mixing in with, you know, her Instagram talking about how she graduated school, this, that, and the other. She's posting things that are conflicting with what she wants out of life. And we'll get into that here in a second. So <clears throat> a couple of years go by and recently I kind of stumbled across this girl on social media and I figured out who she was and I sincerely, I was like, Hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm not really in DFW anymore, but I wanted to offer you an apology because you met me at a very weird point in my life. I was going through a lot of personal changes with respects to uh, personality development as well as character growth. And you met me at a time when I just turned up the volume to like maximum. And I was trying to figure out where that middle ground was. I was like, it came off as overbearing. I was like, and I wanted to apologize because I'm pretty sure it left a bad taste in your mouth. Or at least left you with a bad experience. And she seemed receptive at it at first. I mean, definitely it, it caught her off guard and it was, it was very random. And I, I began to watch some of her stories on Instagram. I, I began to watch some of her stories on Snapchat and she would post these memes that would <clears throat> be like, Oh, well, I can't find, I, I can't find a guy who's this, that, and the other and da, da, da. And I sent her a message. I was like, Hey, I said, um, you know, if this is like, how, how serious are you about finding a guy like this? She's like, Oh, very. I was like, cause I, I think that you and I should reconnect and, you know, get to know each other because I think that you'll, you know, you'll really like the guy that I've, I've turned into. I was like, so, you know, let's, uh, let's get acquainted. And that message would get opened and then I'd be, you know, more or less left on red, whether it be through, you know, Snapchat or Instagram or what have you. And I would just let it be. And a couple hours would go by. And she would post a story and, you know, whatever else. And so I'd kind of be like, ah, you know, if you're into it kind of thing. 
and then I would get a response out of that. But more often than not, I, I, I would get left on red and I was, I kind of had a feeling just like right then and there. And it was within like the first 24 hours of me interacting with her. Um, I was like, I don't think this is something that I really need to be doing. And so I had kind of made it up in my mind. I was like, you know, as a show of good faith, cause I was, I was in Korea at the time of this story and I said, Hey, you know, um, you should come out to Korea. I'll show you around the peninsula. We can get reacquainted and, you know, go from there. She's like, what? Oh my gosh. Ha ha. And then she never really responded to it. And I was like, okay, <clears throat> she's not interested. So I just backed off. I was like, eh, I'm not, you know, whatever. And so I started noticing her stories on Instagram where she was posting up about how like these videos where something would happen to this kid who would like fall flat on their face. And the caption was like, anytime anybody shows me any ounce of attention, da da da. And then like a couple of memes later, it would be like, well, why, why can't I find good guys to actually talk to me? I don't know this, that, and the other. And it was, it was just stuff that as I began to see it, I'm like, this, this doesn't align with what I believe to be um, a healthy mindset or at least a mindset of a woman that I really want to go after. So, and I mean, a lot of people can, a lot of things can change in, you know, a couple of years or, you know, in this case, I think it was like four or five. So I was like, well, you know, there's maybe there's some stuff I didn't see before. I, I think I, at this point I made up my mind about this chick. And so I was like, well, mm, I'm gonna give it a couple of days. Cause maybe it's just, you know, a couple of memes, maybe it's just a couple of things, you know, what have you. And then she posted up something about it was, it had something to do with like edibles or some kind of marijuana reference or something. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. And so I sent her a message on Snapchat and I was like, Hey, um, you know, I kind of saw some stuff on social media. I think I'm going to go ahead and rescind my offer. I was like, I don't, I don't think that, you know, there's some stuff that you posted that I don't, I don't really, you know, vibe well with and it's just not for me i was like so you know i'm glad you're doing well uh but it's like i i think i'm gonna go ahead and you know rescind my offers like i don't i don't think that you're you're the really the type of girl that i need to be going after and i just i just left it at that when i tell you the response that i got from this chick was almost like immediate and intense i got told she was like what are you talking about what deal she's like i was just being nice to you and keeping you around just for whatever you didn't actually think you were an option, this, that, and the other, which actually goes to touch on a couple of different things, gents. Like <clears throat> there is a point when you will notice the interaction that a girl will have with you when she's really interested in you compared to if you are like this young lady was just keeping, they're just keeping guys around just to be nice or quote for the social media engagement. And then she responded off with something like, well, you left me on red most of the time, which I don't think I did, but was is what it was. And so she's like, see, I'm going to put this in my, she was talking about how she was taking screenshots of all the conversations. There wasn't any evidence of that. I don't really care if she did. She's like, this is going in the group chat. Oh my gosh, it was a red flag. Then it's a red flag. Now you're a freak. Like all off of that. I was like, Hey, I think I just need to rescind the offer. I was like, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really into this. Like, I don't think this is something that I need to be spending my time on. Um, I'm going to move, move on elsewhere. <clears throat> so then 
it turned into a whole whole or, ordeal. And it was like the, the interaction that I got, which was like next to minimal, went from zero to tantrum real quick. So with all of that, I will tell you that one of the things that I assessed whether or not I wanted to continue talking to this girl or actually really get to know her on a genuine level was <clears throat> the stuff that she posted up on Instagram, which was questionable, the things that she talked about doing, the the way she carried herself, and the the way she reacted when I essentially told her no. So you need to be careful because there are women out there that much like some of these red flags are, if they are argumentative in nature or they have a certain social media presence that is just, you know, not there. It's, it's not somebody you really need to work with. Now I will say this is that there are instances where if you find yourself in a situation where I was, where you did come off as overbearing. You did make a mistake. You did come off in the wrong way. Um, you did perhaps come off in a much more overbearing or perhaps controlling manner. It is something that you need to do to where it it's better if you own up to those mistakes and go, hey, I messed up. This is that. Um, I'm sorry. This probably left a bad impression with you. And then you know, just take your L and move on. But at least at that point, you can recognize your own mistakes, offer that forward. If that's truly your your motive to reconcile with that person without any ulterior motives. And in this situation, I didn't. I was, I, I truly felt as though I owed this young lady an apology for her meeting me at the wrong time in my life going on through that. And then the reaction I got from that was more, how that interaction ultimately ended up was was something that was, I wouldn't say unexpected, but at the same time, it was more, it was more eye opening than anything else. And a lot of it just has to do with a lot of these red flags and a lot of these things that we've already talked about throughout the course of this series. In a situation like that, even with the the example that I gave of the young lady named Judy. Uh, you know, guys, like any other sales deal, like you have to be willing to know what your bounds left and right are and be willing to walk away from the table. It's not always pleasant, but it's something that needs to get done. Right. And you have to be able to have the confidence to do that. And the only way you get the confidence to do that is to understand truly. And this isn't meant to be like some kind of esoteric, you know, like, oh, no, you're worth queen. Eh, no, this is really meant to be about you have to realize the value that you have as a guy that you will continue to bring to the table as a guy, because here's the thing. If you don't respect yourself first, if you don't have confidence in your own ability and your own aptitude, no one else will. Guys, let's be honest. When was the last time you got a genuine compliment, right? The joke is, is that you tell a guy, you know, you like his shoes once in third grade, he's going to hang on to that for the rest of his life. He absolutely will. Right? Cause we don't get it very often. Women get praised all the time. So, I mean, it's the attention's different, right? So you have to realize, and I'm not saying that to, you know, draw a comparison or rip on, uh, rip on ladies. That's, uh, that's not what it is. But you have to realize that no one's coming to save you guys. No one's coming to, to bat in your corner. No one is coming to save you if you get in a pinch. It all is up to you. So if 
you're getting turned down by a series of women because you're not confident enough because you don't know how to carry on a conversation because you don't know how to dress well because you don't carry yourself in a certain way. You're not interesting. You don't have that, I wouldn't say elusive, but that, that magnetic aura to you, right? You don't have a developed personality to where they want to be around you. Sober, even. Like, if you're not interesting, if you have to drink around women in order to be interesting, you probably need to develop yourself a little bit more. I'm just going to be real with you, right? But that's the thing. You have to be able to own up to your mistakes as well, learn from them, move on, try to make things right with people. And then even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You just cut the L, you did what you could, you tried to do what you could, and you move on from it. You don't owe anybody an explanation. I mean, you don't. At the end of the day, you have to be able to take control of your life and you have to have the motivation and the desire to rise to the level that you always believed you could. Because nobody else is going to do it for you. You want the lifestyle that you dreamed about when you were a kid? Dude, you got to put in reps. You got to build that confidence. You want to get the strength that you always thought you were going to have or that body that you've always wanted to have? You got to hit the gym. You got to have discipline. You got to have consistency. Guys, you have to build confidence. If you're not good at having conversations with people, look, this is the day and age of the internet, man. Get on there, figure out a couple of classes that are going to help you talk to people and go for it. This one was a really good question that I decided to ask to the general populace, and I thought it was really good. What qualities, what are the qualities you should look for in a guy, or what standards do you have for men that approach you? And I asked that to the ladies, and I also asked the flip question to the guys. So let's go ahead and get into those responses. First young lady up, she says, that he has to be active, healthy, fit, because it helps with mindset. Guys, I've even said that before too, right? There's benefits to working out on a consistent basis, and a lot of it has to do with discipline, mindset, et cetera, and consistency. Another young lady said that one of the biggest things that she looks for is someone who's respectful, respectful, supportive, caring, is a leader, disciplined, and self-motivated. Next young lady up said, obviously, if he has a career and he loves his career is a huge plus, is family oriented, is self-aware, goal oriented, and overall has a positive outlook. Someone that is honest and patient. I think many girls want the gym guy or super successful guy, but that means nothing if he's rude to you or others. The next young lady up, this is the one with her and her boyfriend to answer this. She said, I'd say having same having the same morals and beliefs is a major If they don't, then I don't even really consider them. In general, I'd expect them to be respectful and gentlemanly when actually being approached by them and going out with them. Guys, this is huge. How you carry yourself, how you express yourself, and I don't mean emotionally. What I mean is can you articulate what's going on in your head? Can you articulate abstract concepts and make them more concrete for people. 
How do you carry yourself? Are you respectful? Do you have control of your emotions? Or do you get angry at the smallest things? Right? These are things that you need to consider. The very first answer that I got from this young lady's boyfriend, and he he messaged me through, I think I just got his answers. I don't remember if it was actually through his account or through hers. I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, he answered and he said, her relationship with God is important, is most important. If she has a relationship with God, many of the qualities that are important will fall into place by themselves. And I agree with that, guys. Again, that goes back to the value system, right? Your value system and your belief system, if you are a person of faith, your faith is going to tell you what the more desirable qualities and characteristics to develop are, right? Next gentleman up said that one of the things that he looked for was supportive understanding someone pursuing an intimate relationship with God and can hold a conversation with me. One of the things he tries to avoid is is, uh, young ladies that are disrespectful to others. They don't have any morals. They don't want to support him working on his goals. So they're not very encouraging when he's actually going off on his purpose. Isn't a Christian and these, quote, Christian girls who say they love God but live in their sin with zero repentance. I see this a lot, too, with young ladies who, again, you'll say that you adhere to a certain level of lifestyle, behaviors, values, and morals, but then there's really nothing showing that. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect because none of us are, but you have to think, okay, well, if I am carrying myself in a certain way, does this align with the way that this faith says that I need to? Because you can walk the walk all day, but ladies, if you're going to ask a guy to follow through with the things he says, I think it's only fair for you to also follow through and develop the characteristics that are explicitly expressed to be needed in the followers of, let's say, Christianity, right? It's absolutely important. So moving on, the next gentleman says, I love when the women, when the woman is talkative and willing to see the humor instead of taking everything so serious as many do today. A party animal is fun too, though, but with discretion. He goes on, he says, one of the biggest deal breakers would be protective friends. If you can't make peace with them too, it's over before it started. I would kind of agree with you on that one. And so we're moving along right along here. And this next gentleman said, the same one with the Tupperware. I said, what are the qualities you should look for in a woman? Or what standards do you have for the women you pursue? And he says, goes to church, goes to the gym, personable, can hold a conversation, sense of humor, punctual, on time, wants to have kids, shows appreciation and gratitude. Guys, I don't think that's necessarily difficult. I really don't. And that's... I mean, those are pretty straightforward. Ladies, I mean, you're hearing this straight from guys. This is exactly what they're looking for. So hopefully it helps you out, right? Gentlemen, take notes of the things that women have said too. If you if you have a if, if you come off as confident, you need to have a plan, a place, and a time. Don't be overbearing with what you have to offer, right? And then he goes and he says, some of the deal breakers, some of the biggest ones for me is if she uses tobacco, has long fake t- uh, has long fake nails, gold teeth, has an OnlyFans page. Actually, none of these are unreasonable. He says, not willing to move out of the town they currently live in, given that it's for a better opportunity. 
I can get where he's coming from on that. I think that that would there are certain cases that would come to mind that might make that a little bit more challenging. But I think overall, in a general sense, I get what he's I get what he's driving at. Another deal breaker he said was a septum nose piercing. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Talk about politics on the first date. Oh God. Uh, doesn't want to have kids and expects me to pay for everything. <laughs> All caps. I gotta say those are actually really good ones. And finally. Last gentleman said, what qualities should I look for in a woman? This is relative and, of course, will change with the individual's desires. Personally, I love to meet, I'd love to meet a woman that is self-motivated and has an open mind and a backbone. I prefer a woman that prioritizes health, both physically and mentally, and that have a mature understanding of their needs. And then one of the biggest deal breakers for him. Uh, what actually happened to go hand in hand with one of his red flags is that in short, any behavior or traits that violate my value systems are deal breakers. Well, what are those specifically? Well, let's jump back up to that real quick. Cause I think this is actually really, really important. He said that his specific red flags were this. He said, uh, man, do we miss them all too often? We often do. Cause we're often guys, I'm going to be real with you. Sometimes if the girl is like really attractive, we can sometimes get blinded by that, but you need to remember to stay grounded in your morals, principles, and ethics. If you deviate from what you find to be acceptable and you're willing to give up a little bit more on your values and ethics and whatnot, it is going to compromise your integrity as a guy. And it's going to, if you're not careful, bleed into how you do business. Your word is bond. Your word is something that your potential clients and your your customers should be able to take to the bank. That should be like solid for them. There should be no question in your mind that you're going to come through on the things that you say you're going to do. So if you let something like that waver in, let's say your personal life, it is going to bleed into your professional life. So you need to make sure that you stick by your guns on things. So continuing on, uh Oh, hit the wrong button. Let me scroll back down here real quick. Do, 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 do. Here we go. He said, to separate red flag from a green flag or a neutral comment slash trait, I believe you have to have a value system. The value system must apply to yourself and the person you would like to match with. By having this, you are able to filter through the comments, actions, and traits of a person uh, and traits a person holds and project them into the future in an accurate way. A brief list of red flags might include things that show this person is untrustworthy, can't keep a good friendship, moves jobs frequently, usually because their boss was toxic or a terrible leader, etc., shows a lack of accountability, treats strangers poorly, resorts to unhealthy strategies for satisfying their needs, and so on. Guys, this isn't necessarily anything that's bad in terms of expectations. This isn't anything horrible in terms of what we're asking for the other party guys you i mean you heard it here a lot of the responses that we got from the women were have a plan be confident and you know be on your purpose have a goal for your life be ambitious want to achieve like do have a desire to achieve great things don't live a life of mediocrity don't live a life of average like don't be average like the amount of potential that you're sitting on is incredible. And you are your biggest asset. And no doubt she sees that in you. 
if she's saying yes to the date, and let's say you met on an app, right? Maybe it's not something you rely on so heavily. I am going to ignore, maybe not my best choice, but I'm going to ignore the possibility that she may be using you just for a free meal, right? Let's say the girl's actually attracted to you and interested in you. This is your shot, man. Don't be boring. Come up with a plan. Come up with a place. Figure out how to converse with her. And then go from there. Make a date. Don't sit there and text all the time. Even if you're, you know, apart, distance-wise. Set up time to do something with a FaceTime. You know, let's say a FaceTime call. Have something that's going to be interactive. If you guys are, you know, away for longer periods of time, okay, figure out if you both have a streaming service, right? Pick the same streaming service. Pick a movie neither one of y'all has watched before. Put each other on FaceTime, open up the streaming service in the background, and then that way you guys can watch the movie together and have that genuine interaction and that time together. Is it the same thing as being in person? No. But here's the thing. Guys, if you do something like that, it's showing that you're actually putting forth the effort and the energy to make things work and you're getting creative with the situation that you have and showing her that you're putting forth the effort on that. Because here's the thing. If the girl really does like you, I've said this before, she just wants your time. And we saw that even on the responses. If the girl is really into you, there's a good chance she doesn't care what you do or what y'all do. She just wants your time. She wants to be with you. But at the same time, you also owe it to her to make sure that you show up correct. Have that confidence. Have that ability to carry on a conversation. Have that ability to give her a sense of provision and protection that she is safe with you. Have a solid set of morals. Be a gentleman, but don't take bullcrap, right? I've said it before. Pretty girls are a dime a dozen, man. And if she's going to make you compromise on your morals, ethics, and standards, that's a no-go. Ladies, I'd say the same thing. If a guy's going to you know, guilt trip you into compromising on your values. Let's say you're dating and you are waiting to have sex for the first time until you get married. And the guy is, I'm guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to let you know this now. If I'm going to say that you shouldn't allow her to compromise your morals, ethics, values, and behaviors and shame you for those, you need to respect her boundaries because here's the thing. Why? And this is the thing. Why should she trust a very intimate part of herself? And I don't mean just like the anatomy of it. I mean like the the bonding process that occurs with that. Why should she trust that to you if you are not going to be respectful and adhere to her set of beliefs and values? You want values, morals, and ethics out of a woman, but yet you're going to chastise her when she holds that line and says, no, I want to save this for something truly meaningful and special. Guys, don't be that guy. Be better than that.
And we've talked about a lot on this, on these series of installments, man, this has been a journey and I have loved the fact that you guys have kept coming back installment after installment, after installment. I've, I've, I've seen the numbers and guys, I I can't thank y'all enough. Y'all are awesome. These responses were amazing. And I, I really can't thank y'all enough. I really do hope y'all got something out of this because this was fun for me to put together. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, there is a much, there are many more things that we can talk about where dating is concerned. But I, I think that, guys, there are many things that we could be doing to constantly develop ourselves and become the very best versions of ourselves that we could be. And there is a lot of trial and error that you're going to go through in your 20s. That is the time to learn. That is the time to work and push yourself to the limit to figure out exactly what you're all about. <clears throat> and then when you get to the tail end of your 20s, if you've really spent time trying to hone in on your craft, you should be able to leverage that as you move into your 30s and really advance on what you're good at, what you've honed in on, what you've begun to perfect. Because if you do that, you're going to find that, much like myself, that those successes are going to be able to build upon themselves and you are going to become a force to be reckoned with naturally. People are going to be able to see that and know of that before you ever walk in the room and shake somebody's hand. And if you can give that level of confidence to your clients, you know how to work a room. You know how to converse with people. You know how to have confidence in very difficult conversations and sales deals. You're able to hold your composure. You become that guy. James Bond was that guy. And what happened? Guys wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. Right? Guys, you have to have a vision for yourself. You have to have, you have to have an understanding of what is going to make your life and your existence complete. Maybe it's a mansion with a bunch of money and a bunch of super fast cars. Maybe you want to take the Andrew Tate route. Hey, man, that's cool. Some of you, I know for a fact, you've told me that one of your highest aspirations since you were a kid was having a job that you love, advancing in a, in a skill set, in a, in a career, and an industry that you love, and it allows you to consistently learn. And you have a cabin out in the woods with a couple other properties that you go to all throughout the course of the year. You have a really awesome relationship. You don't need much. But you got that cabin. You've got that outdoor lifestyle. And you got that peace, man. And you're able to make an impact on the people that you come across every single day. Others of you have told me that you want to dedicate yourself to helping those who may be overlooked by society. You have to have a purpose because here's the thing. <clears throat> If you develop yourself, guys, and I'm going to leave you with this. If you guys work on developing yourself from personal, from a personality standpoint and a characteristic standpoint, you focus on becoming the very best version of yourself that you can. Don't make excuses. As Jordan Peterson said, sometimes you have to go off and fight that dragon in its cave before it comes to your town and burns it down. 
Sometimes you have to face danger. Sometimes it is going to be scary. But in those trials and in that headache and in those obstacles and in those hardships, you were forged and given the opportunity to develop more confidence, competence, and communication ability. And if you develop that in your personal and professional life, naturally, it is going to, byproduct, as a byproduct, improve your dating life as well. Guys, dating is always going to be challenging. It's always going to be difficult. But just because it's difficult, much like anything else in life, it doesn't give you an excuse to cop out, take the easy way, give up, and be like, well, you know, it's just too difficult, so I'm not going to try it. That's weak. And you're better than that. Guys, thank you all so much for stopping in. This has been an amazing series. I'm so excited to bring you some closure to this series as well as bring you the following episodes. If you are not following us on Instagram, go ahead and check out the Early Insight Podcast at just that, Early Insight Podcast on Instagram. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Early Insight Host. Definitely got the link to the show as well as the show's page. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up in the coming weeks and months. Don't forget, this summer I'm probably going to take a little bit of a hiatus to get more information as well as guests lined up for you guys. I can't wait to see you in the next installment. Thanks again for stopping in, y'all. Bye.